I'm Father Chris Ortega. And I'm Abby Byron Goslin. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Savannah, Georgia. And I'm a lay campus minister serving in the Diocese of Savannah. And this is Casual Conversations with It's Catholic, y'all. So today we're going to be kind of following up on what we talked about in our last podcast. We talked a lot about identity and lies. Um, and so in today's episode, we're actually going to talk about some practicalities behind that and like what it looks like to take that to your personal prayer. Um, so we're going to talk about the five R's. Um, and we're going to be talking about healing as well. So uh, hopefully this is a, a good conversation for everyone to kind of listen into, a good podcast. And um, yeah. It's Catholic, y'all. It's Catholic, y'all. It's Catholic, y'all. Welcome to It's Catholic, Y'all, a podcast series from the Catholic Diocese of Savannah. The Diocese of Savannah covers 90 counties in South Georgia, whose total population is less than 3% Catholic. Stories of life, love, and faith across cultures, traditions, and geography. It's Catholic, Y'all. So, I like the fact that your mug says grizzled is he. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like my aunt was somehow stumbled across Blessed Is She and yeah. absolutely like loves it and is totally being filled by it and fed by it and yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's really cool. I know like some of the guys who've been kind of helping out with with uh, getting all that out. Um like a, I think was it David? David Calavita, David Leninger, uh Joel Stepanek. Um it's really great guys, really great men with the life team movement. And um, they just kind of did it as a spoof. And it's just been like, it's just so funny because like they'll be like, um, they they did it, put an Instagram uh, account for Grizzled as he. And, what um, did they post about? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so there are like these testimonies. Oh, uh, they're okay. not real testimonies, obviously. But like, uh, like Joel was just like, yeah, like when I was with Grizz, you know, before Grizzled as he, you know, I had these friends and we were outside chopping wood and like the axe kind of just there was a freak accident and then my fingers like were chopped off and my friends were just like making fun of me and they're like oh seriously no no no. this is just like this okay. is just a joke it's just like, a joke what is going <laughs> no. on right now and so but like but he's like serious like it's a testimony but oh, it's not real okay um and it's all like yeah my my friends were all making fun of me and saying calling me fingerless joe fingerless joe <laughs> and then i was just thinking there has to be more than this there has to be more than this kind of brotherhood <laughs> and then he's all like you know and then i followed the grizzled as he community and you know things are just starting to change in my life like my fingers grew back miraculously yeah. and like like steak I, I don't even cook it anymore I eat it raw in the aisle in the store like I just started eating and they're like oh my gosh are you a zombie no I'm part of grizzled as he I'm a man <laughs> <laughs> so like it was just I mean this is so ridiculous and it was just a spoof that they did um, but it was so beautiful like, but like these men like are all about like taking care of their, their ladies the women and allowing them to understand their dignity and their goodness amen um, to that so yeah I just when they were just spoofing it and they're like, oh, we're going to sell these mugs, you know, not really expecting anything. I'm like, oh, I need to get one of those mugs. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of fun. And I bring it out every now and then. I'm just like, yeah, I'm part of the grizzled as he. Are you? <laughs> Is that your identity? No, no. It might it might flow out of my identity <laughs> as son of God. That might be an expression of it. <laughs> my grizzledness. Oh, gosh, they're so great. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting though, like how people like when when they don't understand who they are, like they do listen to those lies, and then it's just like the question of like, well, how, where do I go from here? Like, how do I address that? Like, I, some people don't even realize they are believing these lies um, about themselves, about their 
their identity, um, or they don't realize how to address it, how to take care of it. Like, how do you move from that? Um, right. Totally. Granted, you. I mean, you bring it to prayer, but then it's like the practical. Like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? Okay, I bring it to prayer. Okay, Jesus, now what? You know. Um, well, it's like it reminds me of um, that joke. You might have heard it before, but about. The, there's like four generations of women and they're all gathered together for Thanksgiving and they're um, sawing off like the back half of the turkey to fit it into the pan. Oh, and what? Yeah, and so like every Thanksgiving, um, the women get together and they saw off the back of the turkey and they put it in the pan to roast it. And huh. finally, I think this like three or four Thanksgivings down the road and the youngest like granddaughter says to them, you know, like, Grammy, like, why do we, why, or, you know, why are we sawing off the back half of the chicken, like, or the, sorry, turkey, in order to get it into the oven? And she was like, well, the only reason I did that was because my pan wasn't big enough. <laughs> but for generations, these oh. women have been sawing off the back half of this turkey to put it into the oven to cook it. And no one knew why they were doing it. Everyone was like perpetuating this, but had no idea. Like, oh, wow. it literally re- it was the result of just not having a pan that was big enough. Um, but for generations now, their family has been sawing off the back half of the turkey um, huh. for Thanksgiving and wasting all that good meat. I mean, like, <laughs> what yeah. in the world? Um, but it made me think about the fact that. Um, sometimes there's things that we're living out in our lives and um, beliefs that we have about ourselves or beliefs that we have within the context of family. And we have no idea like where mm. they came from or why we're living yeah. them out. Um, these like kind of traditional responses, so to speak. But yeah. we don't necessarily know what's informing it or why um, we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true um, in our individual lives uh, when we can start reacting to different things that are happening in our lives yeah. and we don't know why or what's behind that reaction. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever been in a conversation and like somebody is just like getting on your nerves and you don't know why. Yeah, yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. every button is getting pushed, <laughs> you know, like yep. you kind of want to sock them in the face, but you know that's not socially acceptable. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? so like, um, but you don't really know like why you're getting triggered or like what what's going on in that conversation, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's that's bothering you. Like this is happening with me and my brother, which my brother and I get under each other's skin frequently. But this is happening to us over the weekend. And I finally just said to him, I was like, you know what? Like, I just need to stop talking because I kind of want to just like punch you in the face right now. And like, that's not going to be good for either of us because he's a whole lot bigger than I am. <laughs> um so, like, you know, I was able to just kind of call it to light and just say, I'm not really sure what's going on right now. I just know that, you know, we're kind of missing each other in conversation. And, um, you know, maybe we can just come back to it later. Yeah. Um, and it was really helpful. But when I was thinking about it later, I was like, okay, why was I responding to him the way I was responding to him mm-hmm. in that conversation? And I think it was because I was starting to step into the lie that I wasn't being heard oh. and that I wasn't being received. Um, and... In no way was, like, my brother, like, intentionally doing that. Um, But for whatever reason, his body language or, like, the fact that he was kind of disregarding what I was saying or what Mm -hmm. I was trying to share with him, like, for whatever reason, it caused me to kind of go back into a wound um, of not being heard. But, like, so we're establishing that, like, we sometimes what happens is that we believe in lies and they Mm -hmm. get so internalized that they actually begin to manifest themselves. Yeah, and they start to dictate our actions, and we don't even necessarily know why Yeah. or yeah. what's behind it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That's kind of a little spiritual warfare of sorts that kind of really begins to kind of take root in us, and we don't even realize it. You know? Right, exactly. And I think, you know, you just mentioned root, um, 
And I think it's so important for us to kind of have kind of an understanding of how um, the spiritual interacts with the natural. Mm. So, and what I mean by that is like, if there are things that are happening in our lives that we don't like, if there's like vices that are in our life, you know, as opposed to virtues, um, and we seem to like just be bringing the same stuff to confession all the time. Like it's the same sins every Mm -hmm. week, you know, or every month or every year, however often you're going. But like, you're bringing the same stuff to confession every single time and you're never really growing. You're never really maturing or moving forward in the faith. Like keep bringing it. Like that's a great thing. Like I'm not saying don't bring it to confession. (laughs) Let me just give that disclaimer. Like as the priest, I would say you need to still keep coming, (laughs) keep coming, you know, but, but maybe that's a sign that like you need to go deeper. And hopefully if you're going to confession with a priest, with a good father that is able to kind of help you navigate your heart and help you navigate what's going on in the spiritual reality there, he's going to help lead you back to the root issue behind those sins. Yeah. So that way you're not like picking up all of the bad fruit in your life and bringing it and just mm-hmm. leaving it, dumping it off, you know, and then going back and then picking up the bad fruit again and yeah. leaving it and then repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. You know, instead... You go and you look for the tree that's producing the bad fruit in mm. your life. Yeah. And then you go to look for the, the roots of that tree, which is usually lies. There's lies within the root system. Yeah. And as you start to allow Jesus to reveal that to you, he starts to pull those roots up out of your life until eventually that tree dies. Yeah. And as that tree of vice dies off, a tree of virtue can then grow in its place. Yeah. That would be a very painful process. I mean, like, it's very, because when you're, because that's a lot of reflection, introspection. Um, vulnerability. Vulnerability. A lot of I mean, it's really scary. Like, that, that, that's really scary to kind of come back to, like, why am I feeling this way? You know, what what is the root of me always, you know, attacking others? Or why do I have this need to kind of um, either gossip or be angry? Or why do I lash out? Like, what are these, why is this thought pattern that's there? You know, what happened Back in the day um, when I was younger, you know, something happened when I was with friends, with my family. Uh, yeah, like, because, I mean, we all have different experiences. And yet to come, to go back into those moments in our uh, in, in our lives, it's it's really scary. It can be very vulnerable. And it's like, I don't want to face that. I don't want to face what I might find. Because um, what if it means I have to let go of things that I actually like? Um, you know? What if, if it means I have to forgive somebody? Yeah, someone who like backstabbed you or like who did something like just really bad. Um, yeah, that can be that can be very scary. And yet, um, there's a lot of healing that comes when you begin to kind of address those roots. When you begin to address those lies that that have been developing um, because of them. Yeah, I think something that makes it a little less scary is realizing that like we're not called to go and like do that by ourselves. Like we're called to do that with Jesus, like, and with our lady, like they, um, they want to walk hand in hand with us Mm -hmm. and, and kind of help guide us through that process. Um, it's more about us just like opening up ourselves and being, um, open to the possibilities of letting God take us deeper and yeah, totally intimidating. But when we realize that we're not alone in that process, Mm -hmm. um, that God is with us and that he is the divine physician and healer, um, and if anyone knows how to heal us, it's him, yeah. you know, and allowing him to kind of take us in that direction. But then you kind of have to be careful that it's not just like, oh, because a lot of what we're talking about right now can, you can think, well, that's like, that's counseling. Like, you need to go to a therapy. And yeah, like there are moments in which there's some very 
some very deep stuff that maybe we need a process. We need someone, a professional to help us out, you know, deal with anything, any of the gunk, any of the stuff that's just kind of been weighing us or been affecting us. And um, yeah, like that's, that's definitely something that needs to be, you know, addressed and considered as a possibility. Um, but um, that would be, I, I, w- I would assume that's more for like deeper stuff that's really, um, that's more than just kind of personally reflecting on about it, like in our prayer time, you know, whenever we're, we're being with the Lord or in preparation before mass or in adoration, like to something just kind of, you know, we can do that initial kind of let's dive deeper, like what is going on here, Lord? Like what, why is this happening? Why, why am I always upset with my brother? Why am I always upset with this coworker? Mm-hmm. Um, what is happening in my relationship with my husband, with my wife? Um, and so like bringing it deeper and deeper, but yeah, it would seem like if, if it starts to almost, when you realize that there's some deeper content that just personal reflection isn't enough, like you need someone objectively to be listening and to kind of guide you, it would seem like a professional would help or maybe even bring it to your spiritual director. And even as a priest, like it's funny because sometimes people come to me and they're like, oh, like I have this situation going on and I'm listening to them. And there are some deeper spiritual things that are happening, um, but I'm not a professional. I'm not a therapist, like unless you got a degree in therapy um, as a religious, um, you know, at, you know, at one point it's like, OK, I'm you know, meeting with them a couple of times. But at some point I have to say, look, I'm not a professional in this and I don't want to lead you into another area that I have no idea. Like, I don't know how the psyche works. I don't know. Like I can. You don't. But Jesus does. Right. You know, <laughs> and like, and, and yes, like. There's, there's something there. There's something about, like, Christ is always informing and working through the, the priests, the religious that are helping us in spiritual direction. But then there are, eventually, I would say that there's, like, deeper stuff, deeper techniques, deeper things that, that might might best be addressed by, like, a, a counselor. Um, and, and I'm just thinking stuff, stuff like, um, like CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, and um, where it, ultimately they're looking at the patterns of of kind of what the mind is doing and then being able to address it, trying to look at it objectively. Um, that said, I'm not saying that is the only answer. Like, that needs to be informed by our faith. Um, I think there's, um, and I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but I do think there's been an idolatry that has happened in the medical field and in the therapy field. Mm-hmm. Um, we're making idols out of these types of care. Um, oh, right. I really see that happening a lot. Um, And I think we undermine the healing power of Christ when we start to rely more on man's ways of healing than we do on his. Um, And so I think we just have to be careful in realizing, like, there is nothing that is capable of healing us more fully or more succinctly than the sacraments and Christ in the sacraments. Exactly. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Because there's good that has developed, like, within those sciences. Um... And there's and that helps us, but I agree that when you only turn to like those as like your only solution, and you're not incorporating your faith, you're not incorporating that into the sacraments. That like that's, you know that that becomes dangerous ground because then all of a sudden you're 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 segregating, you're dividing your yourself. I mean, we are physical, spiritual beings. Like as a human person, I have passions, I have a heart, I have a mind. I think rationally. Um, but it's with that same rational mind that I ascend it, I send to God, that I, you know, I allow him to be the Lord of my life, that I allow him to transform me interiorly so that I can act out upon that. Um, you know, so yeah, like we are an integration of, of physical, spiritual uh, realities. Um, but 
just like on one extreme, you can, you know, divorce yourself of spiritual right, realm absolutely. of stuff. And then to the other extreme, you can go so spiritual, even secular spiritual, where you're just kind of considering things as just a psychological thing or just, mm-hmm. you know, um, like just go with your emotions, like whatever you feel, that's who you are. Like, yeah, that's another danger. That's another extreme. And it's just needing to have that balance of, of both um, to, so that both cooperate with the human person. Um, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes what can happen is we start seeking a diagnosis rather than seeking deliverance, um, mm. and you know oh, it's yeah. that's intense. Yeah, it's. I mean, the world was not. Um, you know, we when we see illness and infirmity and affliction in today's world, that was not a part of the original plan. Mm. That is the direct result of the fall. Yeah. Um, now that being said, like we live in a fallen world, so like. Um, God has given us the gift of doctors and given us the gift of therapy and yeah. um, the thing, these modalities that we um, are aware of and hopefully are able to, to take advantage of when we need to. Um, he's given those to us as a gift. Um, but I think it's really important to always keep it in the context of realizing that those therapies can actually be detrimental if they're not in line with God, if, yeah. they're not, if the source of healing is not coming from the Lord. Um, if the source of healing is coming from man, uh, yeah. you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. You know, like, I, yeah, exactly. Because I, I remember, gosh, I've, I've talked to, oh my gosh, like, um, I've had recent conversations with, with friends and people that I know, and like, they'll bring like their struggles um, to a counselor, and they're not even Catholic, you know, but it's like it's, quote unquote, the best thing that they have, right, right there, that that situation, and so they're they're bringing their addiction or they're bringing something, and um, there might be someone who's struggling with like. Um, uh, with pornography or, or you know, um, or just these these addictions, these habits uh, um, of sexual impurity, and um, you know the counselors are just like, well, there's no, not, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's only expression of who you are, and oh. and you're just like, and like I'm listening, and my friend, my friends, they would be like, well, that's completely wrong, but that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm just like, oh my gosh, these people are like counseling my people, like, yeah. you know, they're like, they're hurting them, they're like letting them, they're basically saying that sin is not a sin, that it's just an expression of who you are. Be free, and yet, okay, okay. so, so it's an expression so, of your brokenness yeah. and your need for healing. <laughs> and yet, I have, I, I know this, uh, um, I know there's a movement of. Um, psychology that is incorporating the faith. Um, and uh, there's this really great uh, young woman that I know who, um, she went to Franciscan University and she wants to go into um, just therapy and, and the, the psychological field. Um, and she would like, and she was uh, kind of cooperating, working with the diocese, the archdiocese that she's from. And uh, she would counsel teens, married couples, single people, um, and, you know, she'd go deeper into, like, what's going on mentally. But then she, like, she would actually say, okay, so we've discussed this. Now, for your homework, for before our next sec- uh, session, um, you need to go to adoration for an hour and bring this before the Lord. Um, you need to pray about this. You need to let him be the physician. You need to let him be the one that heals you. And so, like, you know, she's going deep into these wounds. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And then she's directing them. She's like, okay, now go to Jesus. Like, let him be the healer. Let him then see what else needs to be talked about, what what needs to um, come to the surface. Um, so, yeah, like, it's this, yeah, there's, there's such a, like, our, our faith is so profound. It's so rich. And it informs and it 
nourishes um, and uh, I guess fulfills as well, just like these various sciences um, that are there that we've been discovering. We go deeper in understanding the human person, reality, and and um, and just the universe around us. And it's just yeah, when we begin to separate that, like it. It, we we can still see the good be, become, but it can become a danger. It be, can can uh, turn into something that that in and of itself is is okay, but it can lead us down mm, somewhere dangerous. Somewhere, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can lead to greater disorder. Ah, yeah. that's the word. There yeah, you go. greater confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, some sometimes some of the people I've had the opportunity to work with or pray with. Um, they have gone to counseling for years, mm-hmm. um, and because of that, they're, they're still functioning. I mean, the kind of trauma that they experienced in their life, had they not had the gift of counseling in their life, um, they would probably not still be functioning. Yeah. Um, but the other issue that happens sometimes is that, uh, especially when the Lord has not been brought into that process, mm. um, there's not been a fullness of healing there. They've yeah. learned how to move around it. They've learned how to live out of it, yeah. um, but they've never really let the Lord into it. So I'm really mm-hmm. encouraged to hear what you're talking about with your friend and the fact that she's directing people to Jesus in her yeah. practice because it's so important because yep. ultimately that's where the healing is going to come from, um, yeah. you know, in, in its fullness, in yeah. its completeness. Um, but yeah, it's, I think um, <clears throat> there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different methods. There's a lot of different ways um, for kind of processing our brokenness. Um, but the best way is to just take it to Jesus, who is the divine physician and healer, and to take advantage of whatever um, whatever support system the Lord wants you to have exactly. in your healing journey. Yeah. yeah. There's a, I guess there's a, kind of to come back, because we, we, we use the word, um, we mentioned deliverance. And so there's a difference between deliverance and exorcisms. Um, do you want to touch base on that a little bit? Like, Sure. Um, yeah, so the deliverance, the difference between deliverance and exorcisms, I guess the best visual I can think of to like kind of explain that would be, um, an exorcism is like surgery. Okay. It's like God has given the right to the priest and only the priest, um, to be able to basically, (laughs) priesthood. (laughs) (laughs) thanks be to God for the priesthood. Um, he's given this right to the priest and only to the priest. Um, and basically what, what the Lord is saying in that is like, you are going to be the divine physician and healer in this process. Like, and so the priest in and through the power of Christ is able to go to go into these wounds and literally surgically remove whatever is there, whatever is, um, whatever presence, whatever affliction is there, whatever, um, spirit is there. Like the priest is able to go in, surgically remove it, take it out, forcibly remove it. (laughs) That's the best way of putting it. Um, whereas deliverance, um, it can look a lot like that in the sense that it's also like a very, um, it can be kind of an intense process to say the least. Yeah. Um, but then it's, it's more of a displacement of it. So if you think about it this way, like 
it's allowing the Lord to pour his love into the places that were not loved. So if think about it like this, every wound is a place of unlove. I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> we'll make it a it's word. a place where you haven't been loved, every single wound. Um, and it's a lack of love. Like it's resulted from a lack of love in, in one way or another. Um, and so the way to bring about healing in that and to also clean it out, essentially clean out whatever infection might be there, because think about it, if there's a gapping open wound in somebody's life, uh, it can get infected. It can yeah. get pretty gnarly and nasty. Um, so it's allowing the love of God to pour into that wound, um, to clean out whatever is, whatever infection is there and to remove, um, anything that is not of God so that that wound is actually able to heal. And that would involve like cleaning out whatever lies might be there, cleaning out whatever presence might be there, anything of an evil nature, um, getting rid of all of that so that the wound can fully heal the way it was intended to. And so, and ultimately like, just by virtue of our baptism, like any, like we have the the ability to to kind of bring about just deliverance. Um, like, and I know that sounds like a really intense word, deliverance, because you're just like I think we could all imagine maybe something from Hollywood. You know, you're delivering yeah. them from evil and this in presence, um, and it becomes kind of scary. But you know, something that I kind of mentioned to people is that like, you know, God is all powerful, um, and like. The question is, like, well, do you believe that God is powerful? And someone might be like, well, yeah, I do. And then I'm like, no, like, do you believe that God is powerful? They're like, well, yeah, I do. And then I say it again, do you believe that God is powerful? And the person's like, well, yes. I'm like, okay, that conviction right right there, that he is powerful, like, we have an inheritance of that. We have a participation in that because we have been baptized. Like, we are brought into Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, who is God. He is powerful. And it was his, like obediential yes um, to the Father that allow for those miracles, allow for the power to flow through him because the Father wanted it. Um, and he was able to kind of deliver people from the sickness, from whatever they had, any kind of inf- uh, affliction. And sometimes it was spiritual, sometimes it was just physical. And he was creating, uh, bringing about like the Father's love, desire, healing um, in that person's life. Um, and when we're baptized, like we have a participation in that. We have the apostles that were healing people. Um, Peter would walk by and his shadow would like heal someone. Right. Um, you had a uh, one of the, um, was it a disciple? He was a deacon. Um, gosh, the name escapes me. But he was just a deacon and he was delivering people from evil. People were being baptized and converted because of the work that he was doing. Um, like it was just part of the Christian life to see the power of God in them. Now, I'm not saying that like you need to go to like your friends at work and then just start praying over them and, the, <laughs> and like be delivered, you know, like that. Like that's probably not a really good idea. Don't do that. Um, but like there is a reality that we are um, that we have inherited. This, there is a spiritual truth and power that is really there in our lives because we've been baptized, um, you know, and so it's. It's then uh, uh, acknowledging that reality, acknowledging who we are, powerful as Christians um, in Christ, and it's through his power and authority that we're able to live out that reality. Um, so then it's then going into people's lives, into the midst of their woundedness, into the midst of where they're at, and just like praying over them or praying with them and just like invoking God's goodness, his healing into that area, into that hurt. Um, you know, when, like I had mentioned uh, a while back, how a father, uh, the youth ministry invited like the fathers and their daughters to kind of come into the church and for the daughters to pray over the dads and the dads to pray over the daughters. I mean, that's 
that's something quite powerful that can happen there. Like so as much a, healing. Like yeah. a dad can invoke healing and power and like grace for his daughter. He knows it's a father's her. blessing. Um, yeah. And so like and there's something real about that. But it doesn't even have to be a big show. I mean, it's something gentle, sweet when you're you know, going to uh, tuck them in at night if they're young enough and they're not kicking you out of the room mm-hmm. because, Dad, you're in my room. <laughs> um, but then even to, like, in the hospital with your parents, you know, if someone there is sick, to be able just to hold their hand and to pray over them and to know that God is powerful, that God does heal. Um, and you know, he's going to heal them the way he wants, but, like, to be confident in that victory. Um, that God is powerful, like, and he is my father. Um, he is living inside of me. Like, that is the reality, the freedom that we're meant to be in. And so that reality, everything that I'm describing, that is like deliverance, like to bring that reality to fruition in our everyday life. Um, and granted, sometimes it's just like you being quiet in, in a room and someone is hurting and just being able to pray for them right then and there. Be like, Lord, I don't know why they're crying. I don't know. Or I know that, that this person is is dying or they're dealing with something in their family. Like, And just to be able to internally pray for healing and be like, Lord, give them that love. Give them that comfort. Um, and not just, not just to say like, oh, I'll keep you in my thoughts. I'll keep you in my prayers. But like to actually do it. Like to actually then call to mind God's power His um, and those beautiful heavenly celestial virtues and realities and to just call upon them to come into that moment right then and there. So I, like that would, that would be yeah. like deliverance. I mean, that is Absolutely. a beautiful reality. Deliverance is a displacing of the darkness mm. in people's lives and in our own hearts. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's allowing the light of Christ to shine into these places of pain and suffering and darkness. And, yeah. um, and when that happens, healing happens. Yeah. Be not afraid because it's not us anyway. I yeah. mean, Peter wasn't the person healing those people. It was Peter's shadow. No, yeah. I mean, it was Jesus yeah. and then through Peter. Yeah. Like, um, And the same is true for us. When we pray for people, it's not on us. So like not feeling like pressured or like you, um, you it, it's all up to you, you know, yeah. but like that realization of like, no, no, like Christ just calls us to have faith um, yeah. and to ask um, one of the things I've realized lately is like I I don't ask him for a whole lot, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. um, you know. And he loves for us to have that kind of posture of the child um, in, in being able to come to him and and to ask for what we need. Yeah. And if we don't know what we need, then it's asking him to show that to us, yeah. um, and allowing him to minister to us in that place of of littleness, yeah. so to speak. Mm. Um, little the place of littleness that like Saint Therese talks about. Is oh, the little flower. I also love her. a place of greatness because while we may be little, like we be mighty. Like mm. <laughs> there's so much power that comes in and through that humility and in and through um, knowing whose we are um, as his little ones and, yeah. and allowing um, allowing our father to be our father, like yeah. and allowing Jesus um, to show up and to bring about healing and freedom in people's lives. Because my Lord, our world is hurting and broken. Um, and seriously in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, they have a savior already and it's not us. So yeah. always making right. sure that we, um, we keep that in perspective too and in, in realizing that uh, we're to ask um, and he'll show up. Yeah. It's kind of, it's also a relief to know that like, we have a savior and that's not us like oh the burden is like right. off our shoulders because it's not it's not exactly. up to me Breathe it's easy. not up to Be you not afraid. um you know but it it's about letting our our hearts our souls our minds our wills to to be open docile to that power to you know the creator um to the savior um let him do it all 
Yeah, and a process that um, I find is really helpful in in prayer when kind of when this stuff is coming up and we're trying to come back to the Lord and we're trying to remember what it is that he says about us. Um, it's called the five R's. Um, and it, basically it's recognizing, um, it's renouncing, repenting, and replacing. So it's recognize, recognize renounce, renounce repent. repent, and replace. Wait, those are four. Is it really? Four oh, R's. I might have lost that. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's five. What am I missing? <laughs> Oh, receive my favorite one. <laughs> That's you're just, what we're you're just, you're just talking about it. Yeah, totally. Okay, sorry about that. So yeah, the five R's. It's recognizing, renouncing, repenting, replacing, and then receiving. Um, and what I mean by that is if we start to recognize these places in our life where we're buying into lies and we're not believing in the truth of Christ, um, you know, we start to recognize it. That's the first part of the process is yeah. recognizing what it is that is True. causing us to do the things that we're doing. Um, the second part of it is renouncing. Um, it's renouncing the power that we have given those lies in our life. Um, so something as simple as in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that, and then saying whatever that lie is, fill in the blank. I'm not good enough that um, I'm not loved, that no one's going to listen to me. Um yeah, that I, I won't excel like that God doesn't love me, you know, right. renouncing. Exactly. And then it's repenting for believing in that. And so it's, Lord, I'm sorry, like, for believing that I'm not good enough. I'm sorry for believing that no one listens to me. I know that you always hear me, Lord. Um, and sorry, I just skipped to the next part, which is replacing it. <laughs> which is no, no, you said you, you mentioned repent, like you were saying, um, repenting of, yeah. the, of those lies. But something what I would say about that is just, yeah, like, yeah, uh, repenting, we feel sorry for that, but like, notice, like, it's not like, it's not your fault as in like, right. you are at fault about it. It's just more like, oh my gosh, like I messed up. I didn't recognize my truth, my dignity. And so it's just kind of being like, I'm sorry that I, I'm not giving light to who I really am, right. how you created me. And the second part of that is repenting for any ways that we might have taught that lie to others. Mm -hmm. And so that's especially important, like for those of us that are in leadership positions, um, you know, that we might've been living out a lie and we might have been actually teaching that to other people. Same thing with parents. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you perpetuate lies to your kids, and you're sure as heck not doing that intentionally oh, no. or on purpose, but it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so as you start to pray through and you start to realize these things, it's just recognizing that um, God forgives you and that um, – and these are things you can bring to confession as well. Oh, yeah. um, and so then replacing these lies with the truth. Yeah. Um, and so what that looks like is, you know, so you're saying, basically you're saying like, Lord, I'm sorry for the ways that I have believed the lie that um, I was not worth hearing or that I wasn't heard. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. Thank you, Lord, for, um, for always being attentive to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's receiving uh, the fullness of what God has for you in that place. So uh, if it was a place where you were not feeling loved, like it's receiving the love back into that place. It's receiving, um, you know, what it is that God wants to speak to you in those moments of prayer, yeah. um, what it is that he wants you to know about you, that he delights in you, that he's proud of you, that, um, you know, that you're good, that he made you good. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's giving yourself that opportunity to be open to him in prayer and probably a more intimate way than most of you pray. Um, and it's not something to, to be afraid of or something to be intimidated mm -hmm. by, um, but it's just being willing to be vulnerable and allowing the Lord into that, into that space um, to kind of walk you through that. Yeah. So again, those five R's are recognize, um, renounce, repent, replace, and receive.
and hopefully those will be some good tools to kind of use to kind of begin to um, address those lies that we kind of perpetuate in our own that we believe and um, and begin just to replace it with truth, goodness, and beauty. The three transcendentals of God. Oh, I love mm-hmm. them. Truth, goodness, so and beauty. So good. All right, so um, let's close in a quick prayer. Right. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for uh, for the truth, the goodness, the beauty of who you are. And we ask that 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 may continue just to reveal itself in our lives, um, of who we are as your sons, as your daughters, um, that we may continue just to live fully for you. We ask, dear Lord God, that you um, let that truth be revealed in our lives, that we may embrace it and live out from, from that reality. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Amen. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.